surfs up at Gotham Point. That's right, Joker. And challenging you to the surfing title. Through my latest invention, the surfing experience and ability transferometer, all your surfing know-how will be drained out of you and transferred to me. Some joker drained everything I know about surfing and all my ability with a gizmo called a surfing experience and ability transferometer. What here supposes up, Buzzy? The surf, Duke. Welcome to Surf Kings of Gotham, the only podcast we're aware of which bask in the warm technicolor glow of sitcom vigilanteism, which is Batman 67. I'm your host, Kyle. And I'm your other host, Brady. And today, we are watching Season 3, Episode 6, The Unkindest Tut of All. Already kind of a creepy title for a very creepy episode. I, I this think one directed by what's that? I think the writer in this case thought Tut meant writer. <laughs> <laughs> directed by Sam Strangis and written by a returning veteran who apparently was asleep that day or high on Ambien, Stanley Ralph Ross. Episode originally aired October nineteenth, nineteen sixty-seven, with, in case you didn't guess. Special guest villain King Tut, as played by Victor Buono. Our one sentence Wikipedia summary says King Tut begins making televised predictions and tries to prove that Bruce Wayne is Batman. Yep, that's that's what happens. Yeah. And Batgirl saves the day. Batgirl figures everything out, tells everyone why they're wrong. Almost gets Forget Me Now by Bruce Wayne and also <laughs> saves the day. Yeah. Yeah, this was an episode that we watched. Yeah. I really feel I really feel like um Barbara Gordon was the audience representation character in this episode because she's like, I'm tired, I'm gonna go home. But then she's also like, I've already figured this goofy shit out. Why are we still doing this? Yeah. This was the first episode where we get like that weird, we get a weird, like, I don't want to say sexual tension between the two, uh, but there kind of is. And it's, but it's more like Barbara Gordon is so much smarter than Bruce Wayne that she's toying with him. And he's just like, you're a girl. I'm about to own you because your dad wants to sell you to me. And she's like being a little coy and like kind of fucking with him a little bit. And it's like it's like something like the little rascals where they have the teacher that all the goofy ass boys are all attracted to, but she's like 35 and she's like, Oh yes, there's a good chance that when you're legal, I'll marry you, Alfalfa. That ain't gonna happen. But yes, good <laughs> good possibility. Well, you never know, because she'll be like 60 by then. And in 1967... <laughs> like, I'm gonna die in a knife fight! Yeah, <laughs> they don't make them like that anymore. I feel like whenever Alfalfa starts to sing, they should just flash the words, die in a knife fight on the screen. 
Uh, speaking of TV shows they don't make anymore, uh, this episode begins <laughs> on a Sunday afternoon. Bruce Wayne is taking his future property, Barbara Gordon, on a date to an accordion recital. Their first and last date where she'll be allowed outside or to wear shoes. Yeah. And she says, she's, again, I like her. I like her portrayal of this character. She's like, oh, yeah, no, that was a great accordion recital. There's nothing better than hearing Lady of Spain eight times in succession. <laughs> and he's like, yes. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, so, uh, and then she's like, oh, plus Daddy wanted to get us... Wanted us to get better acquainted for some time. That's why I'm here, because my dad wants me to get some of your money for him. <laughs> You're my dad's retirement plan. Yeah. So he's like, uh, 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 shall we watch the news in the car here? I gotta say, I never cared about Batgirl and like the cartoon or whatever, but it's because you have to have the dynamic of Everyone around her is Beavis and or Butthead, and she is the Daria. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, she's like, well, yeah, of course we're going to watch TV in the car. I thought that's, I assumed that's why you had the shades pulled down in this, in this nondescript white van you're touting <laughs> me around in. And he's like, uh, 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 uh. I'm gonna uh, so, score. <laughs> yeah. So they turn on the TV because they have a car TV. They don't have car phones, but they have car TVs. I guess they have car Color phones. Color TVs, too. which was still not really a thing all across the country at the time. Yeah. And the only thing on the news is King Tut predicting a crime, hosted by the by the city's worst anchor. I didn't even notice the anchor. Yeah, I was. He's like, they cut to him, and he's like staring into the middle distance, and he's like, "Welcome to the news. We have some video." And he like looks into the sky, and then it cuts to King Tut using his mouth instead of his hands to eat fruit. Bruce, Bruce is like, "I'm gonna buy the FCC." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is why I bought a newspaper last week that only predicted crimes or whatever. So, oh god, it gets so stupid from here. Yeah, yeah. So King Tut predicts that Andrew's hockey puck factory is going to be robbed. Uh, and I guess it does. Again, Gotham no, City. They cut to Andrews, and presumably Andrews like, no, it's not, and turns the TV <laughs> off. And some guys were like, hello, Andrew. And he's like, what? <laughs> yeah. But you do have to be eccentric uh, in Gotham City to own a hockey puck factory. That was uh, was silly. It would have been funny if they were just some customers. And he was like, you won't catch me. And they were like, well, I guess we're not buying any hockey pucks this year, kids. I'll, I'll tell the children. Like, <laughs> <laughs> There'll be no hockey game. I'll tell the children. Back on Mean the bus. Meanwhile, Andrew's got a, a shelf, a bookshelf made out of hockey pucks that he stole. So <laughs> uh, the bat phone rings. Dick Grayson answers it. No, he's not here, but I can... immediately hangs up. No, he's not here, but I can get him real quick. And then he uses like a Dick Tracy watch to 
get a hold of Bruce Wayne. Commissioner Gordon's like, oh God, it's that boy. You know, it's one we're afraid of. <laughs> like, oh great. And he's probably gonna be chewing on the phone all afternoon. <laughs> Have to get a new phone. He didn't even let it ring through an entire dial before he picked it up and screamed hello. <laughs> he doesn't have a lot in his life. Hello! Maybe that's one point Dick on the Dick. Like, it was like, and then Dick grabs it and immediately says, Who is it? <laughs> Who this? It's uh, like, no, I'm sorry. Bruce Wayne is not here. He's out... Uh, Making lasagna, if you know what I mean. So he sends him a message on a... But that he means literally making lasagna and eating it in his underwear. Yes. As we established last week in the Breaking Bad Bat universe. Breaking Bat? Oh, it's on. That's going to be a thing. Yep. I'm, I'm, that's, Six seasons in a movie. Yeah, I'm firing up a photo well, shot. a terrible prequel that's barely tied into the show. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh, so, but, uh, Bruce Wayne makes a lame excuse here about, uh, oh, I'm sorry, I can't uh, put the moves on you now, girl, that's half my age. I uh, forgot about a meeting. I regret giving like, you that uh, muscle relaxer. Could have saved that <laughs> for later. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's okay. Uh, meetings are more important than making out. Drop me off at my beauty salon right around the corner here. Which I literally thought was underground when they pulled up to it. Well, I, I don't know why you thought that. There's a door leading down to underground, and I was like, oh no, it's the place next to it. I was like, Barbara Gordon gets her hair done instead of a hobbit hole? That's strange. <laughs> uh, well, they know how to keep a secret. Yeah. Uh, so then we get the opening here. Uh, it's revealed then that uh, they're in Commissioner Gordon's office, and they find out uh, King Tut's hideout is a tent set up in a vacant lot. It's, he's reached the bottom of the barrel, Batman. This is keeping with the theme this season of <laughs> Warden Crichton's money dried up. He's probably been kicked out of office. The criminals are no longer getting blank checks when they leave prison. So now... Good news, Batman. All of your villains have been defeated by the economy. Yeah. Economic, and yeah, even the poor hockey puck store. That's what I was going to say. The hockey puck factory is still operational. Gotham City has the weirdest economy. <laughs> but instead I like of like... They do the establishing shot of King Tut's sad little tent in the middle of the vacant lot. <laughs> yeah, like a, a shopping cart with all of his belongings is parked outside. <laughs> It's really oh, sad. Things aren't going well for King Tut. Yeah. But Victor Buono is really putting on a big show here. He's really bought into the King Tut character, which, I mean, it's, it's I don't like it. It's not a good character. It's annoying. But at least he's doing his best, you know? I think he was promised a spinoff where he and Mike Lookingland, who played Bobby on the Brady Bunch, fought crime. <laughs> Well, he's putting on a big show of it here. We both be the head writer for and watch religiously. Yeah, I would watch that show too. He puts on a big show here of predicting a crime, and he's just like like flashy and trying to be like a revival preacher or something, but with like a weird like top cat voice, you know. And he's 
<laughs> I don't know. But he comes off too much like a drunken WC Fields. Yeah. Which I get like Top Cat was supposed to be WC Fields, right? Is uh, that no, Silvers. Oh, okay. But I mean, yeah. that's but who they were patterned after? We're all dead. It's all in the past. So it's all the same thing. Yeah, well, whatever he's doing here, I like it. But I, I think if I could do the voice, I would like it more. I would have more fun with this episode if I could like mimic the voice convincingly, and then I'd say lots of words in that voice, and our listener would love it. So I had the stream of consciousness thought of um, Victor Buono reminds me of Meatloaf, um, <laughs> who's one of my favorite musicians just because he's a man who calls himself Meatloaf. Um, <laughs> and I've never heard it, but apparently he has a song called Bigger Than Jesus, which I just think he means because he was never that famous. I think he just means that in the sense of he's morbidly obese and Jesus <laughs> was like a first century Jew who maybe weighed like 100 pounds soaking wet. And that's what I thought King, that King Tut was going to go with this. I thought he was going to get up and Donald Trump about how he was more popular than Jesus, but then clarify that he means in the sense of there's television cameras now. <laughs> Meatloaf versus lasagna season two breaking the bat. So when he died, I was so sad. I mean, I wasn't surprised. He was a grown man who called himself Meatloaf. But I was sad. Okay. I thought you were back talking about the episode. I was like, what? Who died? What? <laughs> no, I'm still on Meatloaf. Welcome to Meatloaf. Turns <laughs> yeah. out there's a grown man who called himself Meatloaf. Somehow he had a 30-year career. Merciful heavens. Um, so he's about songs to... songs are about pie. <laughs> he's, about, he's about to... Uh, announce where the crime's gonna happen but batman interrupts and he's like who, who dares and he pulls out a sword and it's pretty random and weird and he the only thing i got out of this is that he calls him a caped crumb bum and i was like oh no you didn't yeah crumb bum is the tv edit they used to put in Smokey and the bandit when uh uh jackie gleason would say I don't know what he was saying in an actual movie because I've only ever seen the TV edit. I think maybe he was saying, like, you can just put a bleeping edit here. Um, the audience can pretend whatever sort of horrible thing I said. You know, it's one of those upbeat, fun movies where Jackie Gleason keeps shouting slurs at Burt Reynolds. You've, you've only seen Smokey and the Bandit on TV? I've only seen the cut version. I've never seen the version where he actually says the swears. Oh my goodness. You owe it to yourself to watch the full experience, the full artistic vision that is Smokey and the Bandit. I want to find out what Jackie Gleason's really screaming. I bet it's not Crumb Bum. No, I don't remember it being that much worse. I don't remember exactly what he said. I just remember, like, and trucker movies are where it's at, almost. He probably good... goes full-blown aristocrats, and then it's <laughs> like, this is a PG film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So after the vicious insult lobbed in Batman's direction, he announces that the soccer stadium box office is going to get robbed. Uh, his his girl here, his sidekick lady, is really annoying. I wrote that down. Yeah. She's got like a weird, high-pitched Brooklyn 
like she obnoxious like, Jew I accent. Exactly who I was referring to, but she sounds like one of the women characters that Mel Brooks would do, like he would have in one of his movies. Who's just there to be like the like the? She's just there to set up jokes, and she talks but, in a stupid voice, like like uh, uh, Gracie Allen, where she's like, yeah. "Oh, King Tut." Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like a a weird Jewish thing, but also borrowing from Fran Drescher if she's been born yet. Uh, I think she was born and the head of the Screen Actors Guild at this point. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So that's definitely what they're doing here. Uh, like, should we arrest King Tut? Nah, he's innocent until proven guilty. Golly, Batman, you sure are right. Oh, how could I have been so foolish or whatever? My favorite part of this scene was when the press loses interest and the camera just slowly winds down, <laughs> and then the reporters just kind of wander out of his tent in the middle of a parking lot. It had very Clark Kent vibes. Yeah. Uh, so I'm are we tired supposed of this to... now. Yeah, just leave mid-story. No, oh, this is boring. <laughs> That's the best shutdown I've ever heard of. My boss did that the other day, apparently, to somebody else. There was a conversation going on, and he was only partially involved. And then he just said, I don't care about this, and picked up his phone <laughs> and started looking at it. <laughs> and he doesn't, doesn't realize he's being a dick, but man, sure comes off that way, you know? Yeah. So that was Mike Brady's catchphrase on the Brady Bunch whenever the kids would come to him with problems. Dad, some uh, kid pointed out at school how I list to the point where you can't understand a word I'm saying. And Mike would just stare at him dead eyed and then go, I don't care about this. <laughs> He'd probably pick up a newspaper, though, because they didn't have smartphones back then. Yeah. He's like, oh, and let's see what's his book is always reading. Jonathan Livingston Seagull. Jonathan Livingston Seagull, which I have never read, but have learned somehow that it's just the biography of a seagull. Oh, well, that sounds good. Yeah, Did that he, sounds he, strange and wonderful. He, he wrote it with his beak, so it's pretty hard to get through. It's a long, it's a long read. And lines like Woodstock talk. <laughs> uh, so. You can always probably tell read... when we have a real winner of an episode because we just talk about any old thing. Yeah. Yeah, like the... I, I was going to bring up the newspaper from last episode, the the digest of folios or whatever, but <laughs> I couldn't remember that at the time. It's too late now. Uh, so King Tut reveals... Everyone leaves. King Tut reveals his plan is to get police trust and then send them on a wild flamingo chase and commit the crime of a century. Robbing the... Ticket booth at a soccer game that somehow. No, this is one of the setup. This is one of the this is one of the setups. So Batman and Robin show up at the soccer box office to stop the robbery. This is great. Robin's at box office at a random theater. I don't know. That's where that's what soccer is. People don't know. (laughs) It's 1967. For all they know, it's some sort of sex act. Yeah. So we get. A soccer reference and a hockey reference in this episode. I, was Stanley Ralph Ross like trying to impress a girl by acting like he knows about sports, or like I don't know? I like but to imagine, weird. based on nothing, and this is totally slanderous, that Stanley Ralph Ross was a raging drunk like most '60s sitcom writers, and was like, "Have you heard of these foreign sports? They got one where you 
kick a ball around and somehow don't fall flat on your face and black out for six hours. <laughs> uh, delightful. So I like this scene, though, where they show up to stop the robbery. First of all, these robbers look cool. They're wearing skull masks and they actually look pretty cool. Uh, Robin has a line, something along the lines of, Give up and we'll try to make it easy on you. And then this is the greatest thing. I would love to cut this part out and use this reaction in like other videos. Batman says, and if not, you may be severely pummeled about the head and shoulders. <laughs> Which was a great announcement. And then Robin says, head and shoulders, but you don't have dandruff. And then Batman says, bingo. And then it's time for a fight. And when it's time for a fight, it's time for the Surf Kings of Gotham Fight Words Recap. Them's fighting words. During this box office bash fest, we get pow and crash. This has been your Surf Kings of Gotham Fight Words Recap. <laughs> Batman punches a guy in the shoulder and says, good luck using that arm the rest of the day. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't much of a fight, but those guys looked cool. Maybe that's why they didn't fight as hard, because they looked so cool. But they were like, oh, skeletons, scary ghosts, I'm getting out of here. You can take Their the soccer. Their whole snap handcuffs on Batman and Robin and, like, handcuff them together, which seemed pointless because, I mean, now they're just, one of their hands is tied to the other one. They're usually holding hands when they fight anyway. Yeah, and now they're going to spin each other around and clothesline you all. But that's also just to distract them, because uh, an innocent bystander that's, not so innocent and not so bystandy, or whatever Desmond Doomsday said, plants uh, some sort of tracking device on the Batmobile. Yeah, I think no one's ever thought of until now. Yeah. And because no one's thought of it, there's no secret bat countermeasures or whatever. So this is where uh, this is where it gets interesting. Well, that's relative in terms of this episode. But... <laughs> This is where a thing happens. <laughs> yeah, so the police show up and Batman and Robin are like, okay, we're out of here in our car. And they drive away and King Tut is watching the Tutscope. So he's got a recycled bat computer thing in his tent, uh, wheeled it out of his shopping cart here. And uh, he's tracking the Batmobile. So they're like, yeah, there's like the car. Giant, we're going to like electrical line going back to the store he's in the parking lot of. Yeah. Yeah, and they watch, so they're just, yeah, we're going to track the car, and where it stops, we'll know where the Batcave is, and then we'll deduce Batman's secret identity. And then that's, uh, so he explains it, and then, uh, and then that's what happens. <laughs> they just, uh, they Joe get to the Batcave. Yeah, they're like, that's it. And they calculate, oh, that's, that's under the home of... That's under the location of Stately Wayne Manor. And uh, Fran Drescher is like, Why, Archie? That's, that means Bruce Wayne's Batman. And uh, Fran Drescher played Edith Thunker, apparently. Yeah, I went with it. I can't do whatever. It was a mashup of characters anyway. I can't do either, so I'll screw up both. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Surf Kings of Gotham. That's our specialty. <laughs> so... <laughs> We don't do voices. So, uh, and yet, voices are done almost constantly. Enjoy. <laughs> I 
I got to distract from the fact that we don't fucking know what we're talking about. So, <laughs> wuzzle wuzzle. Um, <laughs> so, he phones the bat, he, he phones Bruce Wayne's house. And Bruce Wayne answers the phone. And King Tut's like, hey, uh, hey, Batman. I know you're Batman, so why don't you Batman your way over here and Batman some Batman? And uh, Bruce Wayne stammers for a second and like covers the phone, and he's like, "He's asking for Batman." And then he like gets back on the phone. And he's like, uh, "I'm sorry, you must have the wrong number. There's no one here by that name." And King Tut yeah. doesn't believe him. Uh, and he's like, "This fallback plan is." If I were Batman, don't you think I'd know Batman's first name? And King Tut says, I bet you would. And then Bruce <laughs> says, I don't. And then King Tut says, well, I'm sorry for bothering you. Hang up. <laughs> Everyone knows it's Dirk. That's no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Bruce says, the. And then King Tut <laughs> says, no, damn it. Everyone knows it's Dirk. <laughs> so he's like, well, I guess you might not be Batman. Uh, he's like, I don't believe you. You're Batman. The only way I'll believe you is if if you both show up at the same time at my next press conference. <laughs> and he's like, okay, go so fine. I've seen this episode of Batman, the animated series, where Batman had to have someone fill in for him as Batman so he could trick them. And I was so excited, even though I knew it wasn't going to happen because that show was 10 years before. But on the animated series, the guy he had fill in for him was Superman. Oh, that would have been fantastic. That would have been wonderful. King Tut would have been killed. Yeah, this... Uh... And then Superman would have like, like wiped his hands and said, well, it's because I don't respect Earth's life. Hey, bye, everybody. Yeah, he just picks up the car and swings it around and crushes everyone. Superman so you says, get for... ever heard of Dark Forest Theory? Looking at it, buddy. Everyone can Google that, including you. Yeah, I'm going to have to, but I'm not going to because I'm just going to move on to the next bit. Um, yeah. So Bruce Wayne shows up at the press conference. Uh, he's standing there talking to some reporters. King Tut walks up beside him. Point, and like Bruce Wayne isn't looking at him. He's still looking at the people he's talking to. And... King Tut like sidles up beside him. And he's like, Jacques! And he sticks his finger in his face like sideways and like pokes him in the face. And Bruce Wayne's like trying to ignore him. Like when you're, you have a brother or sister and like, I'm not touching you, I'm not touching you. And they're trying to get your attention and they're like poking their finger at you and you're trying to ignore them. That's what's happening here. Bruce Wayne's trying to ignore him and keep talking to the reporter and trying not to be annoyed, but he's failing miserably. I mean, to be fair, it's King Tut doing this. It's one thing if it's your annoying little sibling. It's another if it's Victor Buono, a 45-year-old man who's like right there in your face screaming nonsense. Yeah, doing his top cat voice. He's like, hey, Archie, Bruce Wayne is Batman. Top cat was married to Archie Bunker. (laughs) I haven't seen I Top Cat in a row. The there are probably episodes that you think you saw where they own Top Cat. He was their pet. That would be delightful. 
I haven't seen yeah. Top Cat in a the last time I saw Top Cat or anything to do with Top Cat, it was on VHS tape. That's how long it's been since I've seen Top Cat. Uh but I, I miss it. I really like I it. I have an internet archive link with all the episodes. It's a surprisingly great show. Oh. You'll have to send that to me when we're off air. I'd like to watch it. Yeah. That. We're um, talking about Top Cat now. So you can yeah. go on with your business, Batman fans. Maybe, yeah, maybe maybe that'll be our next show we watch. I know we've got other plans, but um, this is like thirteen episodes that wouldn't take long. So, uh, yeah, he announces Bruce Wayne is Batman. Uh, they ha- he's like, no, he's not. Batman's outside. Let's go, everyone. Barbara Gordon's watching intently on TV, trying to piece this together with her parrot Charlie, who, as we said before, is a living parody of Robin's existence. Yes. Uh, and also directly related to the seagull that wrote his life story and meatloaf somehow. <laughs> uh, the seagull's name was Woodstock. <laughs> so, well, that was from Peanuts. Isn't that the little woodpecker from Peanuts or whatever? I operate under a general theory of if it happened in the past, it's all one giant thing, kind of like a mishmash. Or like, like lasagna. That. You can just kind of mix it together <laughs> and then put it in a pan and pull it out metaphorically with a fork while you stand literally in your underwear. Yes. Coming soon to Breaking Bad. So uh, Batman and Robin are in the Batmobile. It's not Batman. I mean, it is, but it's not. He looks like a, he's talking like a robot dummy Batman somehow. I'm sure we'll figure oh, out God, later how they do this. That would have been so great. And he had to like, sound like Batman. He's like, hello! citizens or whatever and yeah. king tut guy yeah i know no. this is the best you got yeah look at me i am batman i don't and... have any powers and if you shoot me i'll die <laughs> yeah and robin's just like sitting there like this is the guy him, superman. yeah so Barbara Gordon's fooled. She's like, well, that settles that. I see Batman and Bruce Wayne in the same place. Then she like, turns off her TV or whatever, like starts reading a book. She's so uh, much smarter than that. She's just fucking with Charlie. Yeah. She's like, I know you're goofy bird ass. So we tell everybody who comes in here that Bruce Wayne is Batman. So, oh, I guess they're this diff- two different guys. Here's a cracker. Yeah, yeah so... Yeah, so then Barbara's like, okay, well, now that we know Bruce Wayne's not Batman, uh, on to better things. Something King Tut said leads me to know his plan. He plans to steal ancient, valuable scrolls from the library. I mean, library. When is he going to do it? Yeah, the librarian says the word library. Yeah. Uh, so. She is a yeah, Gordon. She's, yeah, she's all, but she's the smart Gordon. She's got the. What, She's got the jeans from her mother, like you said before. She's got the Wilkinson jeans. <laughs> That's what it was. I was thinking Wachowski, but I knew that wasn't it, so I didn't want to say it. Uh, so she solved the crime. She's going to bed or something. She's done. Uh, meanwhile, back in the Batcave, Alfred, Alfred slides down the pole. He's like, wee! Yeah. Uh, I should have taken like, the elevator. I bet that's the best thing that happened to you, hi, Alfred. And Alfred's like, shut up. Yeah. I've taken human life. Yeah. You little son of a bitch. Maybe Nazis I killed myself personally. Yeah. With my bare hands. Smacking around the I penguin is just a warm up. I don't consider circus workers to be people. 
<laughs> uh, so now they're holding the dummy uh, that was apparently supposed to be the robot in the car or whatever. And it's like, yeah, with this dummy and the lip, the bat lip synchronizer and my ventriloquism skills, we fooled King Tut and the media. And the dummy came to life for that one magical moment and was yeah, totally me. The car drove itself. We programmed it to stop at all the stop signs. I don't know why they had to throw that in there. That was stupid. And, Robin has uh, a license now, but they still let the dummy drive. Well, yeah, they had to have Batman drive the car, otherwise they'd know. Uh, put this in the bat dummy closet, and let's get back to work. Because they have a whole closet full of bat dummies. I imagine they're like blow-up dolls, because this was about the quality of that bat dummy when they showed it in Robin's arms. It was like, hey, I, I don't think that's the same dummy, buddy. The only thing that would have topped Superman being Batman in that scene would be if it was a crappy dummy like the one they hold in the Batcave. And as he was talking to the citizens, his jaw fell off. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Batman's just sick, everyone. We're going to drive to the hospital. Yeah. Have to go now. Yeah. So the bat phone rings here. They answer it. Apparently, King Tut's predicted there's going to be a prison break. And everyone's going to break out. All the top criminals, like the Penguin and Egghead. <laughs> All your most dangerous foes. You know, the guy whose head shape's kind of weird and yeah. an old man. Yeah. Meanwhile, they, they cut to Vincent Price and he's like, Oh, Archie, I'm going to break out of jail. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my Top bullet proof. Like, You're that guy? It's going to be a jailbreak. <laughs> my, my bulletproof Vincent Price impression. <laughs> so alright back to this shit um, <laughs> no, Bat Batman's like well take all the police you got just in case that's true uh, Robin and I will take care of the rest of the city and he's like Batman what? says yep. well there's a good chance the whole town's gonna burn down tonight Smash cut to Batgirl getting up with a with a sigh and going and turning her wall around to get her costume out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, just like a montage of her taking over the city. Because yeah, that's that's it. Yeah, take every policeman you've got and surround the prison to stop a potential prison break. All the police work will be done by Robin and I. Like, but. It's like there's like two million people you're gonna police in the cities. Like that's right, we'll do it, and that's seems unnecessary. Like they could split that up somehow. Batman and Robin don't have to go to the prison if they don't believe it. But you don't have to send every cop. You could send like, like, like ten. You know. Yeah, or you could just wait till there's actually a prison break, like. Some idiot said on TV while he was eating fruit with his mouth like he was bobbing for apples. Oh, you're going to be a prison break. He doesn't know anything. Yeah, that's true. Uh, So because Barbara Gordon solved the mystery, she knows what's going on based on her Egypt knowledge. Uh, Batman had to solve the puzzle the same way, too, to prove he's just as smart. So he also knows things about books. So he talks it through, and he knows also what's going to happen. Barbara solves the crime through research. 
Batman solves the crime through wild free association. Yeah, as is the style at the time. Yeah. So they go to the they go to the library. Batman and Robin see the librarian tied up, and she's tied up in like a weird way that's like gonna choke her. And they said, "This tied up librarian won't live another minute." And then proceeds to talk for like two minutes before starting to untie her. <laughs> yeah. She's clearly annoyed the entire time. Yeah, basically. Uh, so She's the ancient like, well, soul. That girl. Yeah. So they untie the librarian. Thankfully, they save this poor librarian before she dies. So she had a little more than a minute. That's good. Um, Meanwhile, back at the hideout, they start reading these stolen scrolls, and Batgirl shows up. She found them. And she says, like, they say something about, like, hey, let's read these and then make tracks. And then she says, the only tracks you'll make will be straight to the penitentiary. Which is a pretty cool line on Batgirl's part here. And then they say, hey, uh... In the face with a high heel. Yeah. And they say, that's too clever. Get her. And when they say get her, that means it's time for a fight. And when it's time for a fight, it's time for the Surf Kings of Gotham Fight Words Recap. Archie! Archie! Them's fighting words! Brought to you by Vincent Price, this scroll reading scrap, we get... Wow. This has been your Surf Kings of Gotham Fight Words Recap. Well, they really dial back the budget on the fight words. Words they just flash on the screen at no cost. Yeah. Well, that's okay. They probably have to pay a licensing fee to use the words. Um, yeah. Miriam so, Webster's getting their cut. Yeah. So after a quick a quick whapping, uh, Batgirl's delivering a smug, wano- smug monologue here. Uh, Edith Bunker, Fran Drescher, sneaks up behind her and bonks her on the head with a vase, so she's out. And they're like, oh, good, we knocked her out. Let's uh, Let's make tracks. And then Batman says, the only tracks you'll make will be straight to the penitentiary. And King Tut's like, Archie, is there a delayed echo in here? And Robin says, alternatively, heroin tracks. Yeah. Uh, Depending how bad this goes for you. Yeah. And he says, ah, get him, get him. And when someone says, get him, get him, it's time for a fight. And when it's time for a fight, it's time for the Surf Kings of Gotham. Fight Words Recap. It's Fighting Words! Again! Again? That's the third time. During this Egyptian layer lashing, we get Kapow! Crash! Sock! Zap! And Kapow! This has been your Surf Kings of Gotham Fight Words Recap. So, my favorite part of this fight was the mid-break or the mid-fight break for flirting. Where yeah. Batman and Batgirl are just like, so, uh, you come here often? <laughs> Robin's like, why won't the pretty girl talk to me? <laughs> Gee, I can't imagine. Because you're crazy and off-putting. You've got crazy eyes. Remember that time you He's dumped that milkshake? Yeah, remember that time you dumped that milkshake on that girl? <laughs> when you were dressed like Billy Joel for some reason? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is like, uh, if this was Beavis and Butthead, yeah, this would be the Cher music video. Yeah. I like how Robin's always like, why doesn't the pretty girl talk to me? And then in one of his Beavis-like plots to score, he dresses up (laughs) like Billy Joel. (laughs) 
the question answers itself. Yeah. So that's the end of this fight. Batgirl's already ninjed after her mid-flight mid-fight flirting. Uh that's it. That's the end. We're back in Commissioner Gordon's office now. King Tut's in there. They're just chatting with him. Bruce Wayne's uh, there for no reason at all. Yeah, and for even nowhere reason at all, Barbara Gordon shows up as well randomly. She's like, mm-hmm. hi, I just thought a librarian might involve herself in police business. Oh, look, a man without a job. Not you, King Tut, Bruce. Yeah, Bruce is like, hey, uh, uh, uh want to finish that, uh, that date? Uh, 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 and Bruce is like, I got some money I could pay you with. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> and he holds out a dollar bill. It's like all wrinkled and dirty with his own face drawn on it. And it says money spelled in <laughs> in Y. Yeah. And she's like, oh, maybe we could. Yes, like my dad could use some money. Uh, and Bruce says to Dick Grayson, she's a whore. <laughs> it's like, shut up, Beavis. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then we cut to there's a just a cop on the beat, and he's like, "This sure is boring. Nothing happens here." And then he sees like how sad it is. No one's actively being gunned down or robbed in front of him. Yeah. Then he sees a criminal, and he's like, "Oh, what?" And this is Louis the Lilac. I don't know anything about him except I saw him, and I was like, "That's got to be that Louis the Lilac guy I've heard tell of." Because he's weird looking. It's Milton Berle. He drives a car with flowers. And he looks weirdly like Mick Jagger. Yeah. Now, this was my second favorite part of this whole episode here. My first was the, please stop or I'll be forced to pummel you about the the face and and the head and neck or whatever. That was my favorite part. This is my second favorite part. So back in Gordon's office, the phone rings because this beat cop is calling in. To say he saw a criminal, uh, and Gordon <laughs> yeah, answers the whole it. sitcom bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gordon answers the phone, and he's like, "Hello, you don't say, you don't say, you don't say." And then he hangs up the phone, and they're like, "Hey, uh, who was it?" And he's like, "He didn't say." <laughs> that had some that had some real get smart vibes to it. I was a big fan of that. Top cats in the window and goes classic <laughs> yeah yeah so he's like yeah uh that was a beat cop he saw uh louis the lilac and bruce wayne's like oh man i have had enough crime for my whole life i'm going to leave now see you later kids uh bye miss gordon i hope to uh finish our date later <laughs> and uh <laughs> so he leaves Gordon's like, ah, he sure is nice. I hope he buys you soon. And Barbara's like, yeah, he's nice, but he's no Batman. And that's the end of the episode. King Tut says, God damn it, yes, he clearly is. But no, oh, yeah, that's right. Him. Yeah, want to bet a couple sphinxes on it? <laughs> like, yeah, you got to call the Penguin's bookmaking shop. He can't afford to pay you when you win. You know, if he'd have said this or figured this out at the beginning of his career when he was still taken kind of seriously, people might listen to his crazy rantings about who is or isn't Batman. But at this point, when his headquarters is in a parking lot... 
Yeah, and his whole gimmick is he's got brain damage. So again, that's yeah. that's not the most trustworthy foe. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you could argue that about any of Batman's villains. They're, none of them are well. That's true, yeah. And they're not dangerously unwell like bat, like movie Batman villains are. It's just they're not well in the sense that they need like a one of those like wellness check-ins. Yeah, yeah. It's more like you feel bad for them. <laughs> yeah. Not, could die any time. <laughs> we need to check yeah. on him. Movie bat villains are, yeah, like, oh, that guy's crazy. He's unpredictable. He's going to take over the world with his crazy schemes. And these guys are like, oh, man, I, uh, someone should really give that guy a hug and, like, tell him it's okay, you know? <laughs> we should see if he needs anything soft to chew. Yeah, we should maybe stop by the food bank and bring that guy some groceries. Yeah. <laughs> So I skipped ahead and read the one-sentence Wikipedia summary for the Louis, Louis the Lilac episode. Yeah. And it says, Louis the Lilac terrorizes Gotham City's flower community. That doesn't seem like a problem either Batman nor the Gotham City police need to bother with. And Batgirl, who like invested quite a lot of time and money in League of Shadows, is surely above that. So I'm thinking yeah. it's going to be a Robin-centric episode. Oh, let's hope so. <laughs> Good no one golly. else cares but i care <laughs> i care enough to kill a man yeah well guess that does it for this episode we better uh we better rate this thing uh on the batman scale for his effectiveness as a crime fighter i mean he's no bad girl but at least he like solved the puzzle this time after yeah. Batgirl girl did I, I mind you but things in a row <laughs> yeah he got his lines right this time anyway, so he knew knew what to say to get to the plan. He uses wizard know. powers to turn a puppet into a man. Oh, he did turn a puppet into a man. So he's probably a four or a five then. Yeah. 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 On the Robin scale for just how crazy he is, uh, he was a little crazy. He gets a bonus point really for uh, down Robin. Yeah. Cause he can't he doesn't like yeah, because Batgirl take to stole all his thunder, I think. Yeah, and do it and did it without scaring the audience. Yeah, with sexy results. Um, yeah. yeah, so I guess he's like, a, I guess we'll give him a seven because I gave him a bonus point for something earlier. I don't remember what it was. I might not have even said it out loud, but I remember thinking he gets a bonus point for that craziness. Uh, <laughs> so whatever. Uh, you know, the show was about how Batman was basically God and 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 like Robin was Hitler. Yeah. Yeah. They've yeah. come a long way. Yeah, it's not been a... necessarily a forward way, but a way. They can you can decline forward. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on the Warden Crichton scale for progressive penology, where we rate the uh, the plan, the plot, the scheme, the scam of the villain, uh, it's got to be pretty low, I think. I mean, he uh, <laughs> he he wanted to steal some scrolls for some reason to lead him to some treasure or something that's always what it is that's more often than not it involves stealing a book to find out where uh where some treasure is that's been like the plot like five times now and he never got to that point like the no. episodes are so short now that it's like oh uh something about a scroll oh there's batman well uh, that's over what's the treasure gonna be doesn't matter just say some words we can't afford no treasure yeah. Just, just gonna... have him mumble some some Egyptian sounding words like Anubis, and let's be done here. Yeah, we need a piece of paper and two sticks. We'll call it a scroll. That's where the treasure's gonna be. 
Yeah. Like the, the real treasure was the friends we made along the way. Now let's uh, put up some fight words and go home. The real treasure was that he encouraged reading by someone lonely and sad. Yeah. But I mean, this isn't the worst. Like, this is better than the penguin horse racing plot, I think. At least he discovered who Batman was. Like, that part was pretty good. And... It was equally sad in the fact that his headquarters was a was a lean to in a in a like big box retailer parking lot. Yeah, he was asked to leave several times by management. But you're allowed to camp at Walmart. Anything, didn't have the money to do it, which was just pathetic. Yeah, but at least this plan, like he got on TV, he predicted some crimes that he planned. He got he was started to like he didn't really gain the police trust, but he did on Batman's word, have all the police distracted and go to the, the prison like he wanted them to. Uh, but he just, his plan was, again, because it had to be Egypt-related, there's only one Egypt thing in the whole city. That's these scrolls. So it made the plan pretty easy to figure out. So he didn't accomplish it, but at least he, like, had a plan that was a little more thought through than... Uh, I'm gonna bet on a horse with what money? Uh, I have no idea. Uh, can you bet rocks on a horse? No, okay, <laughs> great. Maybe I'll bet a story on the horse. Yeah, so this is probably like a four plot, like it's not a great one, but it's better than whatever horse shit was last week. <laughs> you there, paint this other horse, and then we'll get a <laughs> third horse that's intended for glue. Yeah, the glue horse was fun, but this had this had the stop that stop criminaling or I'm going to pummel you about the head and neck, and I liked that or head and shoulders or yeah, head and shoulders because he didn't have damage. That shoulders. was fun. That was my bet. And the Gordon, uh, you don't say uh, who was it? He didn't say bit. Oh, Chef's kiss. That was delightful. But and then Top Cat in the window going, I think he's gonna be okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, that was a pretty good... Eh, there was some pretty funny bits, but it was, uh, yeah, not a very good episode. Most of the best parts were headcanon. As it always is. <laughs> well, I guess that does it for another episode of Surf Kings of Gotham. As always, you can follow us on Facebook at Surf Kings of Gotham, on YouTube at Surf Kings of Gotham, on Twitter and Instagram at our show on shows, or of course, someday at our show on shows.com. Uh, yeah. Well, until then, bye, everybody. Bye, Dr. Nick. Sir, King of Gotham. <laughs>